There are no care like um, Twelve Years a Slave. Like I can't get it get into that guy. <laughs> really, in this movie, I can't remember his name. Chiwetel Ejiofor. There it is. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Old First of all, so, he's more well known for Love Actually. Isn't he more well known for Selma? <laughs> Just, he wasn't in Selma. <laughs> Why is it always the black person yeah. on this podcast? I thought <laughs> I, thought, I uh, thought he was Martin Luther King. No, that was David Oyelowo. Fuck! Yeah. Fuck! I mean, I can understand Fuck! the complexion through you, but... Um, I am so mad right now. I'm sorry. You're mad. I'm me. <laughs> Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, we discuss the new Marvel Cinematic Universe film, which is Doctor Strange. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com. Or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey there again, everybody, and welcome in to episode 88 of Film Tank. I am Alex Diekman, and along with me, as per usual, are Nick Cheney and Toussaint Egan. Hello, Film Tank. I'm here to bargain with you. You know what's really strange? Fractals. Okay. And that concludes our episode. <laughs> Yeah. It's late tonight, you guys. It is. We are, um, even though we're not obviously not posting this live, because we probably won't post this until sometime in 2018. When Black Panther comes out, <laughs> you'll you'll be just listening to this one. It'll be a real treat. Off. It's called a time capsule, ladies I... and gents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, I'll, we've gotten a little lazy with uh, editing the episodes. But, um, and it's posting them. It's because, I mean... We all have. Every new... time I say that, you give me a dirty look like I'm talking about you, Tucson, but not everything's about you. <laughs> talking about me because I'm the de facto webmaster. You're there right. We go. Okay. It's not about me. Oh, boy. Alex, what were you saying? Uh, I was talking about Doctor Strange. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, we That's are why going I changed about... the topic. Yeah, we are going to talk about Doctor Strange on this episode. Uh, as. I, I guess we can say that this was a movie that we all had um, zero to little interest in. I was mildly interested in it. M- mild would be a good term. Yeah, it's it's towards the green on the Buffalo Wild Wings scale. It's a low. Flame. It's like yeah. a green mild, you know. Sure. Let's just sandbag that. Continue, Alex. Mm. So, anyways, <laughs> I said it was late. Yeah, well, we, we've done these before, and then I've we've, I've edited them, and we've posted them on the same day. That's true. And we haven't done that in a while. <laughs> we were that, so young. I was to say, that, uh, that... You sweet summer child. That takes a lot of effort. Um, so, yeah, we are recording this, though. So this is the first one of these we've done in a while where we've pretty much went and saw a movie and then talked about it right after. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, this one's not one that requires a lot of deep thought. So... 
uh, that's probably well, good for it. And we also going to be closed-minded, sure. But if you opened your mind to yeah. the possibilities, to the doors of perception, to the possibilities of Benedict. if you break on through to the other side, my friend. Thank you. You're, You're looking at things through a keyhole, man. Mm. You just need to make the keyhole bigger because that's how keyholes work. Instead of just finding the fucking key that you probably lost. Anyway, I'm I'm enlightened now. This is great. Just like Benedict Cumberbatch. Do you think when people say Tilda Swinton's name out loud that they get confused if they've never met her before and they think that it's, her name is just Swinton but with like a tilde over one of the letters? Okay, I'll give you that. That was a good one. I, I'm, I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I had to redeem myself. Yeah, anyway. So anyways, uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange is... Somewhere in the teens for Marvel Cinematic Universe films, yeah, like fourteen or fifteen, something like roughly. That. Yeah, uh, it's uh, one too many. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we'll get into it, and I'll get into my thoughts. This is the start of Phase Four, right? I don't care. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk phase about Phase Four. No, did they already phase. do a Phase Three? No, this is. I don't want to. Phase Three. Phase Three is not done yet. I, oh goddamn! God. Please, I was like legitimately stop. trying to probe that. Sorry. Don't. Okay. Don't. Okay. You're going to get caught, and then the dream's going to collapse, and yeah. then you're going to be in a different movie altogether, and then, oh boy. Yeah, the bigger get, one? You're going to get trapped <laughs> in the dark dimension, dude. I, uh, I'll get to my thoughts. I don't. I legitimately enjoyed this film for the most part early on, and then in the middle of it, and then, and then the rest of it happened, and it was like, oh. So the film is about a former neurosurgeon who embarks on a journey of healing, only to be drawn into the world of the mystic arts. Boy, these are just top-notch. Great descriptions. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a relatively short film for Marvel, only an hour and 55 minutes. Uh, And it stars Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Stephen Strange. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Got confused. (laughs) Dr. House or Keanu voice or Mr. Doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, Chittaway. What? How do you say his name? Chiwetel Ejiofor? There it is. See? <laughs> Chinawa Chebe? <laughs> Are things falling apart right here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, if this was like 20 years ago, his name would have been like Chuck something. They would wow. have just given it. No, I'm mean, for real. Like, <laughs> like would... he's. He's not lying. They wouldn't have. <laughs> they would have. have they, they, they would have given him like a, I don't a know, stage but it would be name. Chuck, maybe something like Jamal. But <laughs> oh god, continue. <laughs> yeah, that's so a somewhat non-threatening first name, and then a so Jamal Jamal Chuck. <laughs> the only Jamal I know is the one that Sean Connery saved racism with in Finding Forrester. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, so... Uh, Maybe they would have given a, a name that people would recognize, like yeah. Jamal Jordan or Who something. Who else like was that. in this movie? Uh, also, Rachel McAdams is here, mm, yeah. sort yeah, of. She is. Uh, Benedict Wong, playing the character of Wong. Oh, oh. that was... Uh, oh, what a bit of a stretch. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the film also has Benjamin Bratt in a smaller role, Michael Stolberg. And Mads Mikkelsen and Tilda Swinton as well. Yes. Uh, the film is directed by Scott Derrickson, and if you don't know who he is... You're, you're not alone. <laughs> right there. He, uh... Was... Well, you're probably alone, but... <laughs> <laughs> he was the uh, writer and director 
of uh, the film Sinister. He also directed oh. he he also directed uh, one of the Hellraiser movies, and oh. uh, that failed reboot uh, the day the the, the day the Earth stood still. Yes, with yeah. Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I actually didn't hate that one. I've heard decent things about it. I anyway. like the original. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, but new it's, ones, um, not horrible. It's a film. But anyways, that guy is here as Marvel's newest person. To yes, man. Just yeah, new stable boy. Yeah, someone to deliver what they want. Yeah. So there you go. So who wants to begin? Because I'll I, go. I, okay, go. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, let's recap. I don't like Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Don't really care for superhero movies. I like trippy things and whatnot so i felt like i should have liked this movie slightly more than i ended up doing but ultimately i thought that this was not one of marvel's worst efforts but in no way did it do anything with its strengths to actually merit uh from 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 my perspective at least uh, rewatching and whatnot i mean um tucson before this episode we were kind of comparing or not comparing this movie with uh inception and yeah. as far as how it <laughs> apparently the only thing that they can do to manipulate space and time is like architectural uh manipulation but with uh, all I kept thinking about throughout this whole movie is that the creativity of what these characters end up doing, at least in the visual effects department, yeah. uh, what they can do with their powers is nothing more than the screensaver I used to stare at when I was a kid of the deck of cards that somehow split off into multiple decks <laughs> on a Windows 95 computer. You're not lying, though. Like that's essentially the, the effect over. You think that's bad? What if there were two of them? Yeah. Now there are four. Yeah. So, um, I mean, on the one hand, I, I I applaud the fact that this movie at least does something with special effects. Uh, like, and because certainly a lot of Marvel movies end up like even Guardians, which is a movie I like more than this. But that final climax is just a special effects snooze fest uh, with the battle between the starships and whatnot. Um, but unfortunately, uh, this movie kind of tips his hand in the first 20 minutes because we've seen it, uh, since then repeated over and over. It was really and colorful in this one though. It, it was. Um, and, and I got to say two more things before I pass it off. Cause I don't really care to say too much more, but, um, one, the, the one of the biggest things though that hurts this movie, uh, is, the use of special effects, while I think it might be its greatest asset, because I don't really care for the story or the acting or the character or whatever, or the plot, or the cinematography, or, or the sound design, or that. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, but is that the interaction between the human actors and its special effects were not always great. Uh, like, it's like the actual visual consistency of the effects, I will admit, was pretty much across the board excellent because Marvel clearly has money and whatnot. But there was a few, like, one of the first set pieces we're introduced to uh, with Tilda Swinton, the character running through the city after Mads Mikkelsen, when she's... Uh, turning buildings on her on their side and whatnot like those are some weird movements of like her jumping from one like from this axis to another where it just looks like someone clicked on her with a mouse and then just like dragged her (laughs) to the other side and yeah so i actually actually i think i saw the pointer uh, in one scene because i I did we we saw yeah we saw the we saw the start menu so i think we were watching a preview version uh i yeah i i actually that very scene you are referencing is the one that I picked out that I thought looked bad. So, yeah. but 
I yeah. and I can understand why. Um, yeah. Like, because at first I was like, I, like oh, but then the more it delved into its own special effects, was the more it lost me. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing I gotta say. Uh, this could have been an interesting opportunity. I think I've said it on this past that I am a huge fan, no matter how bad a movie might be, but I'm a huge fan of any movie or really piece of fiction that utilizes things like the many worlds theory, time travel, just that kind of thing. Like I'm automatically interested in it, whether it be, uh, you know, James Ward Burkett's Coherence or even uh, the Back to the Future movie, and I don't even love all those, whatever. But here we are told repeatedly by our characters that th- there are so many things that they can do. They can manipulate time. They can, um, there are, you know, the many worlds theory apparently exists in here where they can have alternate timelines and whatnot. And ultimately the best they can do with that part of their powers, because that's kind of half of what they can do, uh, is do a very monotonous Groundhog Day, like, five-minute sequence, um, and really just for laughs and not at all for... So for a movie that keeps waxing philosophic about these kind of concepts, it really shows that it's not even, like, freshman-level... Physics, well, or not physics, but quantum physics. Um, yeah, I mean, the, like pop quantum the, physics. The, the the problem is, is first of all, Marvel is playing in the sandbox that everyone in their audience is stupid. So if they it's try true. to do something that could, I mean, I was they could not understand, then they're gonna even be annoyed. And also, too, at the same time, this has to at the same time be a action superhero film i guess no and i agree with that but i guess i'll say this everybody's seen back to the future so everybody in the world has a basic understanding of not i'm not going to say like time travel paradoxes or anything like that but can follow a person a goes back in time to prevent event b from happening so to speak and we don't even get a moment in which let's say time travel or many worlds or whatever is utilized to actually affect the history of our own movie it's literally just oh, let's rewind this scene because that's as far out we want to venture uh, into these uh, possibly interesting concepts. And it's not so much that I thought Marvel would like give me that kind of thing, but once again, uh, I'm just disheartened by mm. the fact that Marvel clearly wants to make very particular kinds of movies, mm-hmm. uh, and that's okay, but once again, it's not for me, and... This is one of the few times where I wish it was for me, like not for me specifically, because I don't, I never had any attachment to Doctor Strange, but at least I wish that, like what Guardians did with its, uh, you know, seventies kitsch, uh, so to speak. I wish Doctor Strange could have done with its conceptual magic. I I'm, think I, I I'm, I'm a little bit terrified, especially with you to you to mention the the strength of Guardians of the Galaxies. I'm a little bit terrified that as the the mass franchise moves on and as Guardians of the Galaxy continues to like become sort of this surprise juggernaut and come into its own, have its own identity outside of just the Marvel universe. uh, I'm afraid that as time goes on, the weirdness and the, the sharp edges of it that made it so endearing and so divergent from the rest of the body of Marvel's work are going to be sanded down in order to make it fit more, uh, more pliably into like the the giant jigsaw puzzle that is the evolving uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I know it's all part of the plan that they just keep on like adding on more and more sequels and prequels yeah, and other shit like that. If, if you don't mind, if I jump in to get yeah, my please. 
initial thoughts. Uh, I, for the most part, quite enjoyed this film throughout. Uh, I thought the last 30 minutes were horrible, and um, that really dropped my rating quite a bit, unfortunately. Um, that The final climactic scene in this film was so... Just like you could get it anywhere, like that was there was nothing special about it. Uh, there was nothing really interesting about it. There was nothing new. In uh, the bright neon kind of colors, didn't look good in that final scene when the supreme being. Really? Who, yeah. Like I, it was I mean, really, it like, didn't add to my rating, but I mm, thought here's at least a visually interesting. I mean, something it, to look for, at for me. I I felt like why is he flying into the uh, why is he flying into the indoor black light mini golf course right now? Like, that's what I was. Well, he had a bargain. <laughs> yeah. He said it like 50 fucking times, I know. Alex. I know. I was there. I recall <laughs> that happening. Uh, yeah. How could you forget? Um, yeah, but there were so many parts of this film that I thought were so cool, especially early on. Uh, but the the issue is, is there aren't any characters here to really connect with. Uh, there's Dr. Strange doesn't really have a personality, which is a, which is bad for a lead character in a film. How could you say that? He was an asshole. Of course he had a personality. Thank you, Toussaint. Um, How could you not fall in love with Wong? I mean, he was fine. He was, he was there for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, there, there are no care, like, um, 12 years a slave. Like I can't get it get into that guy. (laughs) Really, in this movie, I can't remember his name. Chiwetel Ejiofor. There it is. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Old First of all, he's more well known for Love Actually. (laughs) Isn't he more well known for Selma? He wasn't in Selma. (laughs) Why is it always the black person on this podcast? I thought. I thought uh, thought he was Martin Luther King. No, that was David Oweyo. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, I can understand. Fuck. The complexion through you, but um, I am so mad right now. I'm sorry. You're mad. I'm me. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. So, anyway, does this keep happening? <laughs> Just so you know, Tucson, Tilda Swinton is white. No, I know. Marvel and fooled you. Here's the problem: is that um, for me, Tilda Swinton was by a mile the only character I was really intrigued by in this entire film. Uh, I was interested every time she was on screen. I absolutely loved uh, the part, which was a little, got a little boorish towards the end of it. Like early on, when uh, when Doctor Strange is kind of seeing this alternate reality possibilities for the first time, and you hear her almost like narrating over over, and I I just really enjoyed that. And I do not remember what you're talking about. Okay, cool. No, I like that's, that's totally just no idea. Even that's close. so weird. He's like flying through. He sees the the eye of the Is it toward the, the beginning. Of yes. The, okay. Yes. I guess I was thinking of something else, but now no. I know. You, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. No. Okay. And, and um, a lot of her moments here are great, but first of all, a. Uh, we have this big duel scene that's set up towards the end of the second act, which just it farts out after like 14 seconds. Uh, and then she dies, and then she's oh. done. And but does she really die? I don't... I mean, dark magic could yeah. probably bring her back. Let's she... speculate. No. 
No. Maybe she's an Infinity Stone. <laughs> Why do you do this? Because <laughs> I'm really into these movies. I uh, mm. see, and, and that's just like this film that was just for me. I was searching for a character to latch onto other than her the entire time, and I could not find one. And then you bump off the only interesting character in your entire little universe that you have here, in my opinion, through one film. Yeah. Your uh, search to find a relatable character was more impossible than Doctor Strange searching for a way to fix his hands. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a nice middle school comeback there. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> okay. I just couldn't I couldn't get into much of that. But there were a lot of individual moments earlier in the film and that went on through the middle part of the second act and into the early parts of the third act that were quite interesting. Uh, the visuals here are absolutely terrific and wonderful, and I um, I really have nothing negative to say about them. I thought they looked fantastic. Uh, one of those things that is just a... It is something that I feel like I've never seen before in terms of the way that some of it went about. Even if there were parts of it that were didn't look that great, you referenced the Tilda Swinton part from earlier in the film. Uh, but I thought there were parts involved with that that really did look exceptional. Um, yeah, and I was interested in the story. I loved him flying over the uh, banister and the cape coming down after him, and then him levitating above. Is that's like his like moment where he becomes Doctor Strange? That was set up and done really well. Uh, but yeah, it's just that last half hour really just just sucked. That's a marble thing in general. <laughs> of bad endings? I think so, at least. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's in every single one. But That's even movies that I like, like Guardians, I feel like the weakest part is the third They've act. They've had good endings. Iron Man 3 had a good ending. That is true. That is like the only one I would probably <laughs> concede to. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I I'm, and another villain here that's just... Like, the Mads Mikkelsen thing was fine. He was okay. The problem with that is that he's so much better at what they were giving him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, sh- what, yeah, what was with his face? Anyway? I, don't know. I know someone asked that in the movie. Yeah. But it was like, but, he, like, like a, he stared into the abyss and it stared back at him. Then he, he looked had... more like Killer Croc. Like, no, just like his weird <laughs> I see it, what complexion. You're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, anyway. He also requested BET in his cell. He did. So. Um,. So anyways, uh, and also he's going to get to play Martin Luther King. <laughs> hey, good for him. Yeah, I'm sorry. But the, uh, whatever the name of that guy is who's holding all the energy and could destroy the earth. Benjamin Bratt. <laughs> Uh, that character, boy. Obama. Yeah, that, that was. Uh, Did you say Obama? I didn't know. I just o- kind of. Obama. Yeah. I'm here to bargain. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. That was um, that was awful, and that character was a complete waste of everyone's time, and that was like a bad version of Apocalypse, and Apocalypse was not good. Hey, so, man. That is, that's actually a good, a very apt comparison, because yeah. I enjoy Oscar Isaac, yeah. and what he was doing more than, yes, I, that's yes. a good one. You know who played that giant floating face? I don't care. Benedict Cumberbatch. Smoke or Snoke Did or really? whatever his name? Great. Yeah. Really? Good. Yeah. That's... So wait a minute. In a way, isn't that kind of saying that, like, in in he's the energy, right? Like in no. multiple realities, are no. bleeding over, no. and really he's wrestling with his they, inner demon. They though. just didn't want to pay somebody else. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I've got a lot more thoughts, and I'll sprinkle them in as we uh, as we go forward. But yeah, this is a pretty solid film that just is. It's it. You, I just can't get behind this. Like it's it's. There's no reason for this to exist, and it's serviceable. It's I guess like there is there are there people out there. I mean, I guess the answer is yes. Are there people out there who really want to go and watch him? Is, is like the person that they're rooting for in the uh, the Infinity War movie and whatever the other one? I, I I don't. I'm not like. Listen, I wasn't on board for Doctor Strange story, but once they revealed that that necklace was an Infinity Stone, I was right back there. I mean, oh man, this dude. Way to add stakes. This dude. Yeah. <laughs> Just tie that in there and refilling. Thor's glass with beer. That's how you do it. That was yeah. more entertaining than most of the movie for me. That was fun. Yeah. All right, Tucson. Well, why don't you give us your uh, initial thoughts? Seems like you're very enthralled with this as well. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Thank you. Yeah, this... Uh, I wasn't that excited to go see Doctor Strange. I mean, I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, you know, maybe this might be a little bit weirder. I could go with like a little more weird shit in the marvel universe like really just cut loose like do some stuff and and to its credit like there are some there there are scenes and there are images in this film that i have never seen in a marvel film before but that's not really saying a lot just because of the previous efforts of marvel films excluding like guardians of the galaxy have been pretty much tame and terrestrial and there's just it's all real life locations, but look, there's a guy in a panther suit jumping around and shit. And look, there's a guy with a shield and he's throwing shit at it. There's aliens throwing shit at each other. Oh, great! Um, this this actually had like these globular, like fractal voids and and other weird shit. And I was like, I thought that was that was pretty neat. It's like I can see what the appeal of this would be in like uh, 3D, but I guess maybe it's just me. It's just like I've already kind of seen shit like that. before. Or, Anybody who's played with sparklers has. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all did that as kids. <laughs> I'm not even talking about that, of them casting spells or oh, programs with the no, source code that was, of the universe. That was, when, all that when, was missing was Tilda saying, it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. <laughs> yeah, when, uh, when, all the, uh, when all the younglings... Including Benedict Cumberbatch are trying to figure out how to use their sparkly hands, yeah. and he's just there. Nothing's happening. I'm just ah, that was wonderful. Yeah, like he's that trying was, to start a fire. Like he's he's trying to do it, but it's like it's like he's a guy, and this is a really it's he's just like he's trying to do something for the first time, and it's not working out. And then like a little bit of spark comes out, and then for some reason he's on Mount Everest. Uh, and then he goes from not being able to do anything to arriving back, and they don't actually show what he does. Well, that's is... he because he surrendered. Himself. He surrendered himself. Like you didn't need to see it. Come on, all buddy. you need to know is that he did it. He did it. But it was so funny because he had these little frosted tips on his mustache, so he was really cold, you guys. <laughs> anyway, more of the broad strokes of this film, I just think it's in general just kind of fucking boring. I think that mm. uh, Doctor Strange is an asshole, and I don't really like empathize with him as a character. I think that he is his own damn fault for acting like a dick and like ruining his hands in a terrifying car crash. I found him fascinating when they were committed to him being an asshole, yeah. like the very first five minutes. Uh, that conversation between him and Rachel McAdams yeah. uh, in yeah. the apartment was actually kind of yes, like good. Agreed. And, yeah. Now, are we, we're talking about the conversation when he, he, the accident has happened and yeah, he's yeah. 
Yeah. The don't much. pity me. I don't, you know, this yeah. is the part where you say you're sorry. This is the part where you leave. Yeah, that was wonderful. <laughs> right. Like, but, um, like, man, does that, like, you would forget that that conversation happened by the way the movie actually plays out. And especially between the two of them. Can I talk about that with Rachel McAdams? I was really perturbed when... The- all this time has passed. Like, she's the only one in an OR. Why wouldn't she call for backup? Wait, wait. I, I'm surgery? trying to understand. It was just like she just saw some really whacked out weird shit, and she just like rolls with it like it's nothing. Like you just saw your ex, who went to the Himalayas. Hey, they were barely lovers. Open, open a <laughs> rift in in a time <laughs> void, and then astral project himself through a fractal, yeah. and then start like. And then, and then fighting another void creature and, and, in another universe, and then she turns around and, and gets scared by a fucking mop. I was gonna say, and then she turns around and Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum hit her with the uh, the flashy thing from Men in Black, I, and I, <laughs> it's I, all over. I don't understand. Now Rachel McAdams, it was hinted in this movie that she's the new Wasp, right? <laughs> they fired Evangeline Lilly. Right? <laughs> They're pulling I, a a Don Cheadle. I refuse. For real. No. I, I was gonna wouldn't say, that be great, though? I refuse to take this film more seriously than you because it doesn't deserve it. Okay, um, I, re- I refuse to feed. I'm into taking the, it dead seriously. I, I refuse to take it more seriously than you. Okay, I just, I, 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 I just didn't really fuck with this film at all. I thought it was kind of very boring, very middle of the road. I've seen the story before. I've seen these archetypes before. It's just, it's just point and click. It's, it's, it's cut and paste. Have for you me seen right a now. cape suffocate a man by itself? Okay, that was pretty dope. <laughs> That 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 cape is is sentient. That, it's sent. Yeah, it's sentient. Is it is it related to Thor's hammer? No. Maybe the cape is an infinity stone. <laughs> I'm fucking tired of you <laughs> these infinity stones. What? Where are they? <laughs> they were, where where are they at? <laughs> you've seen them throughout the entire. Yeah. I don't want to talk. See, yeah, no, I'm not gonna let you is... give me heat. I'm not gonna take this seriously. Obviously, those are decoys, Tucson. They're not just gonna have infinity stones, you know, out and about. Like, yeah, how are they? Supposed They're to... Horcruxes, man. I, I was just. They are say... hidden within view. I was just gonna say when they at the you know in the next whatever in the final film that's the way they're going to defeat Thanos is someone wears the cape wields Thor's hammer and has something else uh, so that makes them the master of death there are sparks oh, of personality in this film that kind of come through sometimes in the in the manner of the cape sometimes in the manner of now the cape that's the same cape from NBC's canceled one season wonder the cape right that's that was that was Wonderful. I had to. Moving on. What anyway. a waste of Michael Stoberg, by the way. I just had to say that. Yeah. Because he's so fucking legit, good. Yeah. Not it, here. No, no. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me back up for a minute. But in general. So, yeah. What's the... Uh, are, is it because he's Jewish? Is that why they had to hammer home that he went back for that free pack of chips? Like, I, What? <laughs> what the... F- what? Well, no. I mean, did I black out during that? What? Yeah, during the uh, astral projection <laughs> fight when they like, yeah. go through the wall and through a vending machine. Yeah, and you know no, it's that? free chips. <laughs> I would get those free chips. Well, well then I guess we fuck off. <laughs> no, it, that was that it was it was comedic. Yeah, no, it, it was, was just. A, it was. I don't know that racial no, implication. It, it, it was just odd. Yeah, it was. It was just. It's no. weird because, like. Was, he doesn't think twice about anything that may or may not have happened. Like, yeah, well, what, he's well, just like, oh, I guess vending machines spontaneously combust on their own. Free Fritos! Like, it, yeah. It happens, man. 
don't like Rachel that, McAdams' comedic yeah. moments, at least I understand the reality of her world as far as her trying to balance <laughs> performing that surgery and just weird shit happening. Yeah, um, that character, we've seen her before. That was uh, the exact the same notebook? character. That was the exact same character that Natalie Portman plays in the Thor films. Yeah, oh, really? just as exactly. A, just as a doctor, not a scientist. Yep. So that's great. Oh, yep. I'm going to watch those. She will also have a... Uh, assistant that becomes more famous than her throughout the course of the films then so that's get great. their own show yep she's gone right 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 yeah Natalie she's, portman she, she's been Rest in peace. shown the door from uh, the the MCU right? yeah Natalie portman's character went back to her home planet so <laughs> we don't have to we're not going to really see her anymore but better yeah she went back to her home planet and yeah. um yeah thor's going to have a new uh, love interest uh, in the new Thor Ragnarok film, but Loki. No, that's his brother. Well, they're not related. That's not the one true pairing. No. I mean, clearly there's something there between them. It's electric. I don't know what you want to call it. It's electric. Boogie woogie woogie. Anyway, about um, Doctor Strange, uh, it's it's electric. It's a film. It's something that we're talking about every other Marvel film, and not this one right now. Yeah, it, it it'll roll yeah. over your eyes. It'll it'll you know yeah. entertain you. And, and it's funny because be they done. have Wi-Fi, and the password is Shambhala. Yeah, <laughs> and they're not savages. <laughs> it's like really because you look like fucking savages. Oh. I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I will say I'm a big fan of Chiwetel Ejiofor in general, but uh, I thought this was a weird – like I, I don't know anything about the comics, so I'm not going to – you know, maybe it's a direct adaptation of whatever, but <laughs> there was something about the way he played his role that like you, even if he had played it completely straight, like he would have maybe <laughs> – veered into the magical negro trope but with his accent and maybe his ninja turtle outfit i don't know but there was i don't know just nothing about that character worked because it just all felt like it was just the most uncomfortable mix of uh production choices uh it was just i don't know it was more do is always supposed to be dr strange's nemesis that's the very i know very very little about dr strange i just knew going into it, it like, yeah. more do is that who to tell you for yeah that's so, who, he's, so he's supposed to be like his his main is that why he like goes away from him in the end of the movie yeah. like he's now the nemesis yeah he's, yeah. he's oh, okay. now gonna end up being uh his nemesis and shit like that because like is he because i don't care I know. I don't care either. I'm but everything they built uh, has fallen now. Everything uh, they've built will go away. As, I like the as he goes back and tears up the metal from underneath the plantation house. Sorry. Where was that scene in the? <laughs> Thankfully, um, not here. I'm just saying, like. You know. Anyway, um, I'm just saying, you got all these powers and time manipulation. You're not going to go prevent the Holocaust? What kind of an <laughs> asshole are you? Um, because that's not their job. Their job is to save soup from falling out of the No, uh, their cart. job is to protect the sanctums. Clearly. Yeah. I will praise one special effect that, not special effect, cause, and this is not something that's unique to Doctor 
yeah how about that first of all uh, yeah uh, uh, let me just say that I love that the apex of this uh, of the special effects and Doctor Strange uh, learning his true powers and un- unleashing his true potential is essentially just a dot mov time lapse photography video of an apple being eaten <laughs> look I could press fast forward and rewind look we ran out of money I'm gonna need this later I uh I really enjoyed the scene where uh, Don't say the impulse, please. No, the oh. the scene where Tilda Swinton kind of like jumped in to assist uh Mordu and Doctor Strange and pretty much created like a boss fight arena. I was like, Oh yeah, shit, that's which cool. been great if there would have been a boss fight. Yeah, that'd have <laughs> been fucking great. Look at that arena. That instead, was so cool. Instead we did and we had her her fan weapon. And then she wasn't able to use it because she was stabbed immediately. Yeah. Which I guess she knew was coming, so I guess maybe that's why she didn't fight that hard. You can't, yeah. man. You can't run away that, from death. That line, that whole thing, that part of it was terrible. It, there really... was a lot of lines in this movie that I couldn't believe that the script writers... And I, I like, know, that, like... like you, you, you've said this before about other scripts, but there were some lines in this that were like rough draft work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> literally, someone tells Doctor Strange, forget everything you know. Yeah. Uh, and there are a million other lines just like that. Well, no, but free your mind. Her, her talking about oh, I've seen so many different universes, but they all end up here. Okay, they all end up with you staring into an airplane in New York. Yeah, oh, it's a sanctum. Uh, it's fine. It's, uh, yeah, there uh, just was a lot of a lot of very poor line lines i mean not even deliveries necessarily cuz I, I didn't really think anyone gave a horrible performance or anything but they just didn't have much to work with here this was the first i'll agree with you that no one was giving like a bad performance but this was the first i'm going to say marvel movie in which the one thing marvel has always excelled at which is better you know to be better than the rest is casting, mm-hmm. and besides Tilda Swinton, which has its own problematic sure. <laughs> uh, choices, but besides Tilda Swinton, I actually didn't think anybody in these roles were like the same level of at least appreciation I get when I see Downey Jr. as Iron Man, uh, Chris Evans, Captain America, even the smaller roles uh, that are of no consequence. Like uh, yeah, even even a guy who is a complete throwaway character, like Anthony Mackie as Falcon, right? Is yeah, that okay, and or even like you know considering this is certainly one of their weirder, more obscure products and whatnot, but like. There's the stroke of genius of a cast starring a wrestler, uh, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel. I mean, these are people who it's not so much that they're the greatest actors, but they are so perfectly chosen. And, and for, Chris Pratt, who at, for the most part was yeah. not nearly no, that as was his popular big, yeah. then. So. Um, but here, I could have easily had anybody else play Doctor Strange. Like, I don't think Benedict Cumberbatch was bad, but Hugh Laurie. Yeah, I think yeah, he was certainly uh certainly when a, he a, literally, model, a model for in, this. Yeah. It's uh <laughs> I I'd love to see the behind the scenes. So how did you prepare for the role? Oh, I I um I got a Hulu account and uh I started at season 2 with House and no, yeah. but Yeah, that's actually the uh the one of the cuts where he it's, it's going to be uh in the deleted scenes where he goes up just walks up and like pulls down Rachel McAdams pants. Oh, let's see if Dr. Cuddy's perfect. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, um, I, like it's clearly what he's doing, right? Like he literally said the line pain is an old friend <laughs> as Hugh Laurie playing house. I hurt myself today. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, that's a thing that happened. Yeah, that's he's just kind of yeah replaceable. And Benedict Cumberbatch too. I think that was um, I gotta say the this movie was cast at the exact wrong time because he got cast for this like right in when people thought like like when he had his like Ja Rule two thousand one summer where it was like holy shit man. We need to get this guy. He's great, and now it's like we're oh, now at the point where oh, it's him. We're, okay. we're now at the point where Sherlock has been off the air for more years than it's been on the air. <laughs> that's true, right? And and yeah. that's essentially the biggest, in, uh, shall we say, uh, indicative of his career because for some reason he's too busy to do Sherlock on such a you know yearly schedule, and yet doesn't really ever seem like it adds up to much. Uh, the worst part is, is that of all the films he's been in, he's been in quite a few, and some of them have been what, really good. What some was of, he in? Where he played the brother of somebody, and the American senator or something? God, what was it? Where he had the American accent? What was he just? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Was it the um, Joe Egerton movie about the FBI, Whitey Bulger? Yeah, that's it. Right? Yeah, where that's he it. was the yeah, that's what yeah. it was. Anyway, mm-hmm. but um, but he's he's also was in he was in also in Twelve Years a Slave. He was. That's yes. right. And actually, he was he's good. Pretty good. I was gonna say. Um, but he also. I mean, it, it's funny because of all the films, and I actually haven't seen this one. But the film I always associate him with is The Fifth State. So I, I don't know why, because oh. I feel like that was such a huge failure, and uh, that was at like the apex of his career. Yeah. And it just kind of. That's probably uh, why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the only you know the, the only, I was gonna saw <laughs> you. Damn you. Well, then I won't make my joke. <laughs> you can. You still can. Nope. Okay. Now, it, it, I, I don't think if if this is now when the MCU laid out their plans for the next uh, millennium, uh, they I, I don't think he would have been cast in this role at this point. No, no, I could definitely agree with that as far as... Uh, yeah, and that, that, that all comes down to... Uh, I think Marvel getting slightly out of touch in in certain areas, and that being one of them with what is... I mean, their whole point is that they plan for the future, but are no longer concerned with, like, actual... what that would mean, you know. How do we get our, get ourselves there to that end point? It's like that—that's their whole like, role plan. It's like they don't really care about the steps along the way or the quality of it. It's like, no, this is merely a step to put this character onto the chessboard next to this character to fill up his, his beer glass. I think Marvel could learn a thing or two from its most recent movie, Doctor Strange, uh, if it would just kind of look at an astral projection of itself, really step outside of itself for a moment. and, and Put an apple st- on the table. Put an apple on the table, mm-hmm. take a few bites, but then rewind time. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> you need to really unpack that, because you, you were I mean, going somewhere, and then you were just like, what the fuck are I you think, talking about? I think what Nick is trying to say is that... <laughs> Doctor Strange could have made Be Kind Rewind. <laughs> right? yeah. Be Kind Rewind. That movie just wouldn't have happened. Like if we, he would have given that power to them, we wouldn't have even had to have that film. We wouldn't even have that issue anymore of cassette tapes being returned without being rewound. He could just take care of it for everybody. I know so th- I, this is going to sound really basic, but that's probably because that's the level that this film is sort of ah! engaging with its thematic material. Um, there, there's this whole current of like. <sighs> Science versus faith, like religion and sort of things like that. They that they try to play with, and uh, like I, they I, try in the first was, ten minutes. 
I mean, it came back towards the end, like when when Strange is talking to. Well, uh, so did the credits. They did but... a much <laughs> fuck. Better, if you want to talk about science versus faith, they did a much better job in the Thor films talking about this exact same debate in, yeah. a, in a slightly different arena. Yeah, it, it's it's um, but this is more more sort of like the conflict and yeah. duality between the two, and I, and I just felt like you know they tried, but. No one's gonna come to a fucking Marvel film for that. Ain't nobody here for that shit. Ain't nobody here for that shit. We want to. We want to see people like fight each other and jump on buildings. That's it. Oh, did you notice the uh, the Avengers Tower? Yeah, yeah, no. that was cool. You didn't see it. No, where was it? It, it was when it's when. It's not early, but it's like the the, the point where the first six minutes. Mads Mikkelsen is like folding. It's yeah. folding the, the universe in on itself. And like sort of like the city collapses, and you see yeah. like the the Avengers mm. Tower, like boom. Yeah. The yeah. only thing I even remotely caught on to was somebody saying Infinity Stone. Well, that yes, but <laughs> also the uh, the mention of like we're like the Avengers. That's yeah. what we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did think that this film had a decent amount of uh, com- com- comedic lines. Oh, sorry. That I thought landed pretty well, especially early on. I thought as the film wore on, as as with many other things, it just kind of fell away and we got whatever that was. Um, but yeah, I thought that this film definitely had its moments. I in laughed comedy. at most of the jokes throughout the running time in spite of them. Like, or at least I would say in spite of some of them. Some of them were genuinely funny. Some of yeah. them were like, there's no way even in this fantasy universe that that person would make that joke right there. But it was delivered well enough that I'll laugh or whatever. But that also gets to the heart of the problem that it's like plug and play jokes because none of them actually feel like they're other than maybe like Chris Pratt's character in Guardian. You know, like those. Actually, I would say Guardians in general. And I know I keep bringing that movie up, but I think that's certainly well. It laid the blueprint. I mean, yes. well, you, you clearly saw in the second Avengers film a very big attempt to try to make that funny, and it didn't yeah. really work out because it really. had the same problems that Doctor Strange did. That it felt so fucking hollow. Yeah. But the way Paul Rudd does comedy and Ant Man, even if that's not the greatest movie, here's her shield, Captain America. But yes, but like that's like uh, both. Uh, <laughs> innate in his character and also hilarious and same thing with I would say the whole Guardians cast and whatnot. but these characters felt like they were being funny because it was a Marvel movie and that's now expected of them and like they're capable of it but that doesn't mean that they they should have done it at all times yeah I mean you have Benedict Cumberbatch had to embrace being an asshole through the entire film for it to work but here you this is literally just to show how far we've come this is now a a Marvel movie now features a prominent side character listening to Beyonce on headphones just for a joke like so uh, yeah I do think Marvel like I said is getting somewhat out of touch with um, some of their aspects of what can I don't think they're getting someone I think they've been well I mean getting as far as like it's it's on a a downward trend it's it's showing yeah you can see them trying and they're trying too hard yeah well, I, I it, because I guarantee you, if I watch the movie a second time, I'll probably laugh at maybe a couple of the jokes yeah. and not at most it, of them. the the issue is is that a even though it'll probably do fine at the box office because Marvel owns this fucking place, uh, no one really cares about this movie, and no one is gonna Benjamin care. Benjamin Brad does. I <laughs> mean, people who are going to see it, or not... as I call it, Mister Congeniality. Uh. <laughs> No one's gonna go out of their way to be really excited about about this character, right? Like, it, 
Are there going to be not after this movie? <laughs> like, are there going to be people like at the Infinity War film screening wearing their Doctor Strange stuff? Like, is is that going to happen? It'll be a Halloween costume. I guess. Who cares? Um, he came out like the week after Halloween, so that would be quite a feat if he would next year's Halloween. Costume. I mean, he can just well, he's turn just back gonna, time. I was just gonna say he's gonna, you know, put the apple back together, and we're gonna go back and. Hey, Robert, I got a costume for you. Uh, also, too, yeah. Speaking of that cape. Uh, so was it trying to pet him or like clean off a like a bug off his face or what was happening in that scene later on where it was like it's trying just being to... affectionate? Okay, I have no idea what was happening. I know so I are was they a... like an item? Is no, I, I was aroused, but I don't know can, what yeah, was happening. Can, since I know you said you don't really have that much knowledge of of this particular uh, series, Tucson, but. Mm. Can you fill us in a little more on the cape? Do you have any knowledge about... I told you, he's from NBC's... Do you have any knowledge about the importance of it and the character traits of... You want, the... you want to know why the cape is important? Because it's an it's... infinity stone. Because, because it's red and it's, <laughs> and, and, it, and it's part of Doctor Strange's costume. I don't know. I don't know that if... That was the worst description ever. Guess what? Way. That's the so... fucking explanation. That's the worst explanation because that's the explanation. That's why it was there. Oh. And I feel like the... The attempt to give it a personality, I don't know of. I don't know if I call it a personality. I don't know if the it, cape have. It, they, they were going for something. They call they it were, an affectation. They were but. going for an affectation, a personality, whatever you want to call it. That's sort of an embellishment on part of the director. And I thought, you know, it's it's pretty funny. Um, it's going to come back and probably be like a, a comedic that note was for the this only very serious character. I had for this movie that I think that uh, at the very end when uh, it says Doctor Strange will return, clearly it should have said the cape will return because now I'm wondering, like, is it just Doctor Strange? Because clearly they're a package deal and yet if, without that well, information. Well, I was going to say, without that cape, he wouldn't have been able to move away from Mads Mikkelsen and his scary eyes. So, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about one more thing okay. really quick. Uh, sure. You had mentioned a thing that you liked, and I got to say that I didn't like it, okay. which is the the scene that you described as uh, Tilda Swinton showing him all the alternate realities and such. Because uh, unfortunately, wait, no, hold, hold on, let's let's back up. The here. the early one when she, when he thinks yeah, he's drunk. I tea. said that I really liked her narr- the way her narration sounded. Oh, and okay, that, that's the only part of that I really liked. Oh, okay, so you're with me as far as watching him. F- Wave his arms in front of a green yeah, that screen. Yeah, was, that was cool for like 15 seconds, and then it could have ended, and instead it went I, for three minutes. I was just laughing because I've, <laughs> I've seen that scene before in a, a kid in Camelot's place, uh, where or any other 80s fantasy children's movie where a kid falls down a hole, but yeah. a magical hole, like the never-ending story. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's that 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 was just that was the uh, that was probably the nadir of like. Of this, the use of special effects. Was, yeah. No, uh, I, I, I thought Tilda Swinton really brought a lot to that part of that film, okay. even if yeah. the visual aspect of it was kind of repetitive and didn't really add anything great to the film. Uh, her hearing her voice over, especially in a theater where you get the different speakers, is uh, is really nice. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I think casting wise, they could have went with somebody whiter. But um, mm-hmm. other than that, I, thought I don't know. She, they, she did. They really, they really made her look white. Like, can they... I just say, uh, <laughs> Tilda Swinton in this role? Something that I kept kind of amusing myself with is um, that 
like Tilda Swinton is quite a chameleon, you know, like in the role she goes in. Like it's not so much that she's like method like Daniel Day Lewis, but like she just she, has that look. She has that look where she truly just looks like everything and anything type thing. And yet this is the first role I've seen her in where I could not stop thinking that this is like Tilda Swinton's neutral state. <laughs> Maybe because it is literally just like a hairless body. Like I'm like this is Tilda Swinton incarnate because it says a lot that I could not stop thinking that she was Tilda Swinton in it's this like role. It's like Mystique before she shapeshifts. But yet I watch a movie like Trainwreck and I had no idea she was in the movie until the credits. And you yeah. know, So uh, that that was the only, uh, like, I don't know. For for a role that was clearly supposed to be like a like a makeover, so to speak, of like who, like anybody could be this, whatever. Uh, it, she never Except felt, for an Asian person. Any, exactly. <laughs> the whole reason um, why she was even cast in this role, I don't think it's deliberate whitewashing. I mean, it's still a problem. It's still, it still very much is a problem, but the reason why I think like she was typecast into this role as an ageless androgynous like super being is because of her previous roles in films like Orlando where she played literally the titular character who was able to like live across like many different like human lifetimes she plays uh the archangel Gabriel in in Constantine where she pretty much it, it, that that's pretty much where she came to mind as sort of this androgynous like figure of of a celestial nature is like that's the reason why this character is she oh, actually she played this. the uh, left foot in Daniel Day Lewis left my left foot I, you're just on a roll tonight man <laughs> very, very that's where Daniel Day Lewis learned it from <laughs> um I'm she, sorry I really towed the line with that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> um. Yeah, Tilda Swinton plays that, and she has that sort of monotone delivery all the time, which, for the most part, even in films that aren't great, like The Beach, um, she does a good job delivering that kind of gloomy role, and that worked well for the, the speaking parts that she had to deliver, which were there were quite a few of them, and I thought they, for the most part, were great. Do you mind if I go into my final thoughts here? Uh, I gave this film a three out of five, and I was like standing firm at at least three and a half out of five, and thinking about raising it depending on how the finale and, and it went the other way. Uh, I liked a lot of this movie, and I'm going to see it again after it comes out on video. I'm not going to go see this again in the theater. It doesn't warrant it, unfortunately. No, like, and I can understand. I've seen some reviews. We saw it in the 2D format, and I've seen a lot of advanced praise about the use of 3D. And it's one of those things where, even without having seen the 3D, obviously, version of it, I could understand why that aspect would be good. But this movie, I don't think even... I would say utilizes that kind of. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say without seeing it, but I mean, we get the general gist of what would yeah. you know the the literally they're adding a dimension to to a movie about multiple dimensions. Mm -hmm. um, so I I get that, but I don't know that even this would live up to like the Avatar test or something like that, Probably where not. it would actually enhance the movie. Probably not. So anyway, and yeah, I. The visuals were, were wonderful and really great, but you, you kind of expected that. So I it didn't really bring anything new for me because I expected these visuals to be great already. Uh, the story and the characters were all, for the most part, bland, with the exception of the Ancient One, played by Tilda Swinton, who I thought was fantastic. And, um, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch just didn't really bring much to the lead role character and... Uh, 
no one else really brought anything to this film, and it was it was disappointing. But there are plenty of moments here of enjoyment, uh, especially early on with some some good quips. And uh, I will say too, uh, the action scenes were for the most part, uh, except for the one in the in the hall or whatever, wherever they are, the building or in the sanctum. Yeah, the New York. That sanctum. one was wonderful. Uh, every other action sequence here was basically terrible. So. Um, yeah, as a action superhero film, this is just passable and pretty good for me. Uh, it is a three out of five and it's, um, it's in the bottom third of the MCU, uh, realm for me. So I'll go next. Okay. Um, I give this a two out of five. I thought there were some really interesting visual elements around. It's like, I thought, you know, some of the, the celestial elements were sort of cool, but again, I thought that this story is paint by the numbers i think that um the main protagonist is unlikable i feel like there are too many jumps in logic uh for some of the supporting characters who are supposed to just jump on the ride of this of this supposedly epic adventure um there's too many assumptions that go into that um and ultimately nothing of these characters really stuck out with me with the exception of tilda swinton playing the ancient one and that was not so much owed to the performance of that character. There's nothing like so much about the personality of that character in that. I think that's pretty much like a blank slate. It's a, it's an archetype of a mentor sort of character, um, the selfless, ageless mentor character, but merely because it was Tilda Swinton who played it. So I guess the casting did its job. At least I remembered that. Um, and ultimately I just thought it was boring as shit. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not trying to be, too harsh on this but it's just it's more of like a cumulative effect of having watched every single other marvel right before you watch this not before i watched this but just but having watched every single marvel film it's just like this doesn't do enough for me outside of its visuals in the actual events of, of what's happening to distinguish it from every other marvel origin story so yeah it's basically Iron Man over again, only instead he's got magic powers and shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, pretty much right there. Uh, my rating was going to be the same as Tucson when I started this podcast because it was pretty much a two, but this conversation has been somewhat indicative of how little I remember of it, uh, and that's only less than an hour after I've seen it. So once again, I think this is a failed attempt from Marvel to extend its brand to uh, places that they clearly have no, I, I wouldn't even say no, I wouldn't say no capability to enter, but no no interest in entering because they, the weirdness or the strangeness or whatever is so superficial that it borders on mundanity. And um, and frankly, I, I know you guys like Tilda Swinton in this. I didn't think she was bad in this, but she did not stick out more than any other person in this movie. Okay. Um, and maybe that's because of the nature of the character, who's like Tucson described as a blank slate. So maybe it's not so much that. It's almost like the casting of her, like the job was already done before the casting agent just picked her because this is essentially the role she was born to play but not something that actually gets the best out of her but Mm. for me uh yeah none of these people stood out uh none of these effects even if i'm watching them scene by scene i don't remember them uh enough to differentiate between them when i recall them so unfortunately i think they also fail in that respect so 
ultimately, when you take away those two elements, which are the two elements that the movie, I thought, could have really grabbed me with, uh, it's another bland Marvel origin story with uh, out-of-place jokes that, yeah, I chuckled at, but ultimately were silly. Uh, A horrible third-act climatic battle. And too much promise in its own... I don't know, entity for me to truly just like give it a pass because it's like there are moments of goodness and yet the fact that uh, Marvel is not willing to go all in with some of those moments uh, outside of that one fight you did bring up in that mm-hmm. one place. I don't even yeah. know what it was, but uh, when, he's, when he's standing there... I don't there, even know where I am. When he's standing there uh, next to the freezer doors of other lands, uh, yeah, uh, yeah that, th- that was a, uh, that that's, was a cool... That's kinda. the ultimate right there. That yeah, fight you brought up at that one time in that one place. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever that was. The New York Sanctum. The New York Sanctum. Very sure. good. Um, <laughs> yeah, like that was actually, that set up a, a, the rest of the movie that did not come for me. No. Um, so ultimately, it, it's not like one of the worst movies of the year, but uh, man, did I wish that Marvel could have maybe recaptured Lightning in a Bottle the same way they did when they veered off, not very far, but veered off its own path with something like Guardians. So it's a one and a half out of five for me. It's so many more characters that people could either relate to or get interested in. Yeah, I mean, if you compare somebody like Rocket Raccoon, who is a talking asshole raccoon, to somebody like Doctor Strange, like like I said earlier, like... Doctor Strange is an asshole because the script needs him to be in the beginning, but then he like his whole redemptive arc only makes him more bland and more boring. Where if we just commit to these characters the same way that they do with like Iron Man and uh, or should I say Tony Stark, really? That's just who he is, um, right? Uh, but like you know, and actually, and and play with the nuances embedded behind these facades, then I'd be on board. But here it was just. Uh, that was the wrong step was to introduce us to a character the movie had no actual interest in exploring. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, who's, the, I, who's the main protagonist of the film? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. That's our feelings on uh, Doctor Strange. If you have any, as always, please feel free to send them on to us here at Film Tank Show. Astro Also, let us know what you thought of Black Panther, which, air, uh, which <laughs> dropped in theaters last week. This guy. Fucker. Coming up on next week's episode, we're going to be discussing the science fiction film directed by Denis Villeneuve, who you may remember directed the film Prisoners, and also directed a film that me and Nick talked about uh, last year on a bonus episode called Sicario. So the uh, the three of us will be getting together and talking yeah. about that next week. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm so excited. Exciting. I can't wait to see it. Really? Yeah. Okay, good meeting you either. I'm cool. like freaking out. I, I oh, have stop. a sneaking suspicion that it might be my favorite movie of the year. Get the fuck so out really? of here. We'll I, hate, what, I hate when you do that kind of stuff. You we'll know? see what happens. Because mm-hmm. like, you're predestined to probably not like this. What? It's a mainstream science fiction film that's going to think it's smart. So You know what? Let me, why don't we play a game right now where we guess the ending? Okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, no, but next week we will be talking about Arrival. Uh, find us anytime on filmtankshow.com. Uh, that's where you can find all of our episodes. You can find them on iTunes Most and Stitcher as well. Well, yes, except for the new ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can also, uh, as I mentioned, uh, send us an email at filmtankshow at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram every now and then. 
at Film Tank Show. So from Nick Cheney to Sant Egan, who is pretty much already checked out, and myself, Alex Diekman, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Film Tank, and we will catch up with you next time. Uh-huh.